You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 380. That's the most beautiful reward of this business is freedom of schedule. You know what I mean? People talk about the money and the money's great and this is a cash machine and this is the lottery. But the real core of it is you get freedom of schedule. And that, for most people, most people out there, that is like something that they never achieve. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Guys, I can't wait to spend some time with you. We are going to be running this contest the entire month of March, and it's this. I want you to head on over to iTunes, rate and review the podcast, and send that review to Darren at Wholesaling Inc., Com. It's Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N, at wholesalinginc.com. And we're going to choose three people who have sent us those reviews to come down to Florida, beautiful, sunny, gorgeous palm trees and breezes in Coconuts, Florida, to spend two days with me. We're going to choose three people to spend two days with me. And we are going to be going over wholesaling, either how to get your first deal or how to get your next deal and explode your wholesaling business. I cannot wait, guys. I'm going to pay for your airfare. We are going to have a great adventure. And all you've got to do is rate and review the podcast and send a picture of that review over to Darren at wholesalinginc.com. That's Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N. Let's get started with the podcast. I'll see you soon. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, America's number one podcast for new real estate investors, where finding discounted properties is the most proven path to financial freedom. I am your host, Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, and I am telling you, if I can do this, so can you. I am so excited. Let's get started. My guest today comes from Modesto, California. He is going to break down his very first deal, but also he's going to talk you through every every challenge, every exciting moment that he's had in this business, how he found it, and how he is succeeding. It is my pleasure to introduce Mr. Blake Barnes to the podcast. Say hello, buddy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Brent, thank you so much for having me. Uh, excited to be here and uh, talk with you and all your audience. I'm excited as well. So first off, Blake, you live in California. You live in Modesto. That's where you're doing business. Uh, how old are you and how did you find wholesaling as uh, a passion? How did you find this as, as something that you want to like really commit to? Yeah, yeah. No, so uh, 28. And I uh, kind of stumbled across wholesaling through a family member who's been doing it back in the Midwest. And he's like, look, man, you got to try this out, check it out. And so it took me about a year and a half of a little bit of analysis, paralysis, listening to this, listening to that. And finally, I'm like, okay, I got to do something about this. And so was listening to you guys. And with the budget that I had, TTP kind of fell right into what I wanted, especially with being proactive. And so... Pulled the trigger and here we're at. Awesome. But you were doing it before you joined any programs, any coaching, the TTP family. You were out there by your own, right? I mean, uh, by yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. So, first off, I started handwriting letters and 
you know, I had a whole, you know, massive list and I'm sitting there front, you know, writing letters, writing letters, writing letters. And I'm like, man, there's gotta be a way more efficient way to do this. And so kind of took a break. Cause I'm, a, I work for a farmer. I'm a farmer here too. And that's like my full-time job, um, you know, 50 hours a week. So I only have a limited amount of time that I can do this. Right. And so I have to figure out a way to be most efficient in the time that I got. So I started writing letters that was not working for me. And so then after that, I decided I was like driving for dollars. Right. I found, I heard about that through your guys' podcast. So I started driving around and started hand dialing, started hand dialing. And from there on out, then I kind of, you know, it just it, it, it lost, lost its luster. And basically over the summer of last year, didn't do anything with it until the fall after harvest. Well, and that's incredible. 50 hours a week. And listen, I don't know if anybody, my family came from Iowa. They were all farmers. This is not mm-hmm. an easy life. Right. This is not this is not. Oh, I've got a ton of energy at the end of the day to go do some side business. Right. Mm -hmm. So you've got an incredible mindset. Like, what is it about you that you think that you want something different besides what you're doing now? Because a lot of people are doing this. A lot of people are listening to this. A lot of the people have either part time or full time jobs, be in the Mm -hmm. military, Mm -hmm. be in some sort of service. But they still have this passion. And it happens very often, Blake, like you were saying, that it takes longer and longer and longer and things come up and distractions come up. What was the moment or what was the thought that was going through your head that said, you know what, I got to commit to this and now is the right time? When did that happen? Yeah. So it was basically middle of harvest. I run a night shift um, during harvest. And so harvest time is like 100 hours a week, right? And so I'm running the night shift. I work from 6 to nine o'clock the next morning, six nine, nine o'clock six morning. And you know, I got all this time to myself. I'm managing this plant and uh just sitting there I'm like, dude, I gotta find something else. There's yeah. no way I'm doing this. And so it always just, you know, I had a million different business ideas. I'm always running them through, oh I can do this, I can do that, I can do this, do that. And it always came back to wholesaling. That's for me, the money that you can make and the time that I had available that I could use, that's the most efficient and the best way that I could do it. And so I was like Okay, you know, what am I going to do? So as soon as after harvest got over, I called you, talked to you guys. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's what it was. You know, I mean, I'm working my, work my butt off for somebody else. And I'm, you know, just like, dude, I'm tired of this. And two kids and, you know, I got two kids under three years old. And the wife, you know, we married five years. And I'm like, you know, you add it up two months out of the year where you basically don't see them at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they're in the house for 20 years. That ends up being missed out on about two years of their life. And uh, especially in the fall when football season rolls around, whenever, sure. you know, I got a boy that's going to be playing ball. So that's, you know, that's me, man. I'm like, I want to be there for all that. So start setting it up. up. Yeah. Well, that's the most beautiful reward of this business is freedom of schedule. You know what I mean? People talk about the money and the money's great. And this is a cash machine and this is the lottery. But the real core of it is you get freedom of schedule. And that, for most people, most people out there, that is like something that they never achieve. You know what I mean? Because you you get stuck in there, right? You get stuck in what you're doing, the 9 to 5, or in your case, the 9 to 9 p.m. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you get get into that rhythm, and then Mm -hmm. you start buying things, and you start having responsibilities, and you get stuck in that trap. And yeah. the only way out of that is these side moments, these beautiful side moments when you can peel away, when you can go and really focus on these businesses that you really, really, really are committed to. But nothing happens. 
Nothing happens unless you have that hunger to get out of your current situation, number one. And number two, you got to commit. I mean, it's got to be like, this is what I'm going to do. I don't care if it takes six months, eight months, 16 months, whatever it was for you, you know, you, you commit. And obviously that splinter in your brain that is wholesaling kept poking you while you're sitting at your job, while you're, you're doing your work, while you're away from your family. You know what I mean? To the point where you you committed, you started going and you started taking action. So let's talk yeah. about what your schedule looks like now. How do you be a 50 hour a week farmer and a wholesaler? Yeah. Basically, I started look. I took my whole day, right? I started working seven in the morning. I worked till five or four thirty to five at night. And so, I'm not gonna completely just isolate my family and just spend every, you know, that's that's not no. what I want. You know what I mean? So, basically, what I do is I wake up four thirty, four thirty in the morning, and I go out, you know, make a pot of coffee, and I go out and drive around the neighborhood for an hour in the morning. So, from four thirty to five thirty, I'll drive around town. Kind of creepy, you know, a little bit. Some people think <laughs> I got some guys. I've only been followed one time. Yeah. Middle of the night. You know, it's kind of weird, but yeah, sure. it is what it is. And so anyway, yeah. So I drive around, drive for dollars, uh, 4.30 in the morning and then go to work. And then are, are you using something? Home. Are you using an app? Yeah. I, I use Deal Machine. Deal Machine. Awesome. Deal Machine. Guys, yeah. Deal Machine, phenomenal. It's the best of the best. It's the Rolls Royce. Yep. They're driving for dollars, apps. It's super easy. If you use the coupon code TTP, you get 10 bucks off. It's 120 bucks over the year, but it's something. So definitely uh, use that coupon code. Go ahead. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, go to work, come back at 4.30, and be, on, be calling through the dialer, but calling at by 5, and then I call for an hour at night, uh, 5 to 6, and... Actually, I just found out yesterday that the dialer that I use has an app on my phone. So now I can start dialing over lunch. So I'm going to start calling over, you know, so now I can get two hours of dialing time a day instead of one. Are you a workaholic? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, and that's a funny word, right? But I mean, yeah. you, you would almost have to be obsessed. Not only do you have this uh, like really intense job but then in your lunch breaks and then between five and six listen like i can't tell you how many people i talk to on instagram or facebook or you know or through youtube and they say i just can't do it i just can't get on the phone i just I, i'm so scared of it and you're like oh no 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 I, th- okay this is what i gotta do okay boom and you take action right well and it didn't start a lot like sure that. You know, there's a saying, the 10-pound phone, you know, and in the beginning when I was hand down, I mean, it was like that. I'm like, I got the number dialed in the phone and I'm looking at it and I'm like, ah, you know, it's just, it's crazy, but it is. It's like the phone just turns to 10 pounds and you can't freaking dial it, but you just got to get over it, you know. Mm-hmm. Once you get over it, it just gets easier and easier and easier, and, um, and I'm still learning, you know I mean? I don't know half of anything, you know what I mean, but you just, you just got to go, and uh, yeah. it hasn't been perfect action like you guys say all the time. You know, that's what will get it done. I love it. I love it. I used to do, and it was before, I believe the author's name is Mel Robbins, but uh, there's a book, The Four Second Rule. And I, I had that in my head. So it basically the essentials if you, of the book is take action, you count down from four seconds and then take action. And I always had that because I had the same problem. I would drive by a house, right? It would have like a for sale by owner sign. And it had, this is old school, right? This is before batch skip tracing and all the skip, you know, all these tools that we have now. And it had the phone number there and it looked like a rough property. And I was like, this could be a deal. And I put that phone number in there and I'm like, oh 
okay. <laughs> just press go. Just just press. Just press. And then I'd be like, oh, you know what? You know what? I'll wait till I'm back at the office. And then now I'm centered. I'm focused. I'm not in the car and I'll do it. And then I started realizing, wait, when I get back to the office, I'm not making these calls. When I get back home, I'm not making these calls. I need to make it now. So I was like, okay, three, two, one, go. Boom. So if you're out there and you're thinking like, you know, that if you're overthinking it, just count back from three, go three, two, one, and press go and just see what happens. And that's, that's yep. essentially what you were doing. You know what I mean? You started yeah. getting to the point where you forced yourself. Obviously, you got into the TTP program and we mm-hmm. gave you the tools and the strategies to be able to make that really, really seamless and really efficient. But, mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning, you were just boop, 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 old school, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Now I had an Excel spreadsheet that, you know, came after I skipped trace from my numbers. I'd zoom in as tight far as I could and you try and remember the number, you know, oh man, crap, I gotta go back. You know, write it down. Get it. Yeah, write it down. Yeah, whatever you had to do. But yeah. So incredible. Where did this work ethic come from? Is it has it always been in you? Is this something that, that your family instilled with you? Like, let's get a little bit deeper here. Yeah. So that people that are listening that relate to you can also use you as inspiration to take action today when they're listening or watching this video. And also, if you are just listening to this on the podcast, make sure you go to YouTube, uh, Brent Daniels Real Estate to watch this so you can put a face to a voice. But what is it? Yeah. So I'm actually from Indiana originally. And my dad's kind of an entrepreneur. You know, I grew up with a hog farmer in Indiana. Then we moved to Oregon when I was a kid and was always involved in agriculture and then started land. He started a landscaping business started. Uh, he actually flipped houses for a little while. And so from super young age, always involved, you know, that's one thing that I really appreciate about how I grew up was always involved in everything with whatever it was, you know, whatever dad was doing, didn't matter if I was eight, I was working in the hogs, you know, or whatever it was. And so, I mean, I credit that work ethic, you know, from comes from that from a young age, just, you know, you, you know how to work, you watch the older guys work and then you understand how to work. And for me, that was a hard transition for wholesaling is a different kind of work. You know, for me, I was used to manual labor, like 10 hours a day working with, you know, brawn and bow, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I get it, yeah. And uh, and so for me, it was hard to translate that into standing on the phone, being on the computer, you know, because me, hard work is exerting yourself. Yeah. And so this is a little bit different. But anyway, that's I think that's where the work ethic comes from. And then I was, I was actually, I was in the Marine Corps for four years. And so... That coupled with the work ethic, the discipline that comes with that, you know, I mean, it's just a lot of it. There's a guy named Jocko Willing, discipline equals freedom. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It sucks, you know, but like he says, it sucks good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you figure it out. So I love it. He has some incredible books. Extreme Ownership mm-hmm. is a great book as well. Um, yeah. but just incredible. So let's break it down, man. Let's talk yeah. about a deal. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. talk about some success that you've had. So we're going to go through the four pillars. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, whenever you pre-qualify a uh, distressed property owner, you want to pre-qualify them based on the condition of the property, their timeline to sell, their motivation, and their price. The more that you pre-qualify, the more that you have answers to those four pillars, the more likely they're going to sign a contract with you when you get on the appointment or when you send them the contract. So it is critical, absolutely critical that you pre-qualify. So let's start. What was, first of all, what was the list that you found this deal on? Yeah. So this was uh driving for dollars. Love it. Um, and actually it was a property that I found earlier in 2019 when I was doing this on my own. And so I think I found it in February or March, something like that. 
And I actually had contacted the guy back then and I blew it up, like just inexperienced, didn't know what I was talking about and, you know, messed, messed it up. The guy basically told me to take a hike. And so, you know, I come back to it in November, into November of uh, 2019. And I still have, you know, I pull up my driver dollars app and I still had that guy in there. So I drove by my first morning driving around. I drove by the house because for some reason I knew, you know, this is a deal. I know it. And so drive by the house. Still looks exactly the same. You can tell it's vacant. He's run down. He's a new roof. So I call the guy. I'm like, you know, there's no way this guy can remember me. And so I call him. He doesn't remember me. And uh, same situation. He, you know, he shot me a price of what he wanted. And it was quite a bit less than, you know, depending on the work. I didn't really know. This is my first time really doing it. And so, yeah, we agreed to a price and 195 And basically, I kicked it to a back, uh, cash buyer and made ten grand on the deal. For anybody out there that's going to deal with it, there's guys like this who've done this before, right? Or they think they've done this before. And this is one of those guys, super uh, aggressive. He's done this before. He knows what he's talking about. The seller, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the seller. The seller. And um, yeah, you got to work around that. And he, he was one of those guys that like to talk. So you just be quiet, let him talk, you know? And he gave me the price, sitting there empty. And he's like, I don't want to deal with it. I don't care anymore. And I'll let it rot, you know, whatever, if I don't get what I want for it. So, yeah, agreed to a price, had a cash buyer, kicked it to him, and, yeah, made 10 grand on the deal. So, so, well, first of all, let's ring this thing, okay? For his first deal, <laughs> Blake, $10,000. Let's get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> incredible. I love doing that. Absolutely yeah. incredible. I mean, here's the thing, man, like, so let's break this down. So the condition of the property was it's vacant and it needs total remodel. I mean, you're driving by this and you're like, wow, this thing is, this thing needs some yeah, love. Yeah, you could, you mean the garage, the garage door, the header above the garage door is sagging, right? You can see the sagging and the siding's missing in a few spots. The roof was an old cedar shake roof that was, and those, the way they get, they turn all up, they get all nasty, rotten and uh, aluminum windows, single pane aluminum windows. Um, you can just tell, you know? Yep. There's vegetation everywhere, so you just tell it was empty. And it uh, seemed like as we're going through these prequel, we understand the condition. There's timeline. It sounded like his timeline was basically, hey, I own this thing free and clear. It's not eating me alive financially. Give me my price or I'll just uh I'll just wait till the market gives me the price, right? So his timeline was yep. open ended. Yep. Yeah, his timeline was definitely open ended. And here yep. here's here's the point that I want to make with this because this happens sometimes, especially if it's an investor or somebody that owns this property, they're not living in it. It might be a rental, they might have other options, they might not be financially motivated, like like stressed to cause their motivation. So you got to see, yeah, basically they're in a position where you got to peel back all the layers to see if that's real, see if there's any kind of financial stress that they're having on a monthly basis, whether it be code violations, whether it be property taxes, even if they don't have a mortgage, certainly if they have a mortgage, that's going to play into it. So when you guys are looking at deals, if you're pulling up the deals and you're finding out, one of the important things to find out is, does this thing have a mortgage? Do they owe this property? Do they own it free and clear? Now, obviously, you can ask that question when you're talking to them and pull it out of them and see if they owe anything on the property, which is which is the easiest. But also, if you go through PropStream, they'll show you how much is owed on each property. And you can get that at ttpdata.com. Great tool to see what's owed on that. So this one was owed free and clear. So he's kind of like floating out there on timeline-wise. His motivation truly was the price. 
right? Yep. Yep. He wanted what he wanted. And I actually, I mean, I got him under contract, you know, for five grand less than what he wanted. You know, he wanted 200. And so I came in with, um, and I knew it was probably a deal at 200, but I wanted to see if I could get him a little bit less. So I, I came in with 190 to 195. And so I said 190, but really 195, I knew it would work. But I, I gave him that, you know, a little bit less, but then a little bit more, and I made him choose. And uh, so I mean, obviously he's going to choose 195, but that's what I wanted. So, yeah. Well, and it's beautiful. This is, this is the beautiful thing about it. Even if they're like, hey, even if you give them what they want, Sometimes if you give them what they want too easy, they're going to think they left money on the table. All of a sudden their brain starts whirling, right? Like, I mean, they start thinking about, wait a second, you know, did I sell this? I sold this way too. They, they agreed to this price way too easy. Maybe I left a bunch of money on the table. Maybe I should consider backing out or maybe I should talk to an appraiser. Maybe I should talk to a real estate agent. Maybe I should talk to my cousin. Bill, who, you know, is, is, is gonna, you know, is an investor and will tell me, you know, whatever it is. So I think it's very powerful that whatever number they give, and it's in the Wholesaling Inc. program, in the Wholesaling Inc. script that, you know, when they give you a price, you ask, is that the best you can do? You know, is 200 the best you can do? I was thinking more like 190, 195. So beautifully, I mean, you use the technique beautifully in action. I love it. So tell me about your cash buyer now, because listen, there's three parts to this business, acquisition, conversion, disposition, right? That's what it is. So you had the acquisition. You had the, I mean, you were converting this guy. You knew what he wanted. Now the disposition side is where a lot of deals go to die because people don't have the cash buyers or don't have the confidence yeah. to go and, and reach out to cash buyers when they do actually have a deal. So who was your cash buyer and how'd you find them? Yeah. So I found my cash buyer through, I basically, I called a title company around here. That's how I was building it up initially and was like, Hey, who do I need to talk to? Who's doing deals in the market? Who do I need to talk to? Yes. And so they gave me this guy's name. I called him super cool guy. Uh, he was actually a real estate agent and he also flipped houses and he has, he's got a lot going on this guy, but he had quite a bit of money that he has access to. Right. And so just uh, the guy, he's very, uh, no competition, all collaboration, just, you know, a really nice guy. And so, I didn't actually, I didn't fire this out to my whole list because I knew that this guy was an agent and he flipped houses. And I, I, I don't know, for some reason I just went with this guy. I went with my gut and he was all about it. And, uh, but I mean, it, just, it all came from, you know, randomly calling the title company, you know, talking to people. <laughs> That's it. I'm telling you, I, I was raising my hands. If you guys are watching this, I was raising my fists up because I love this technique. Let me give you, let me give you some like pure instruction here. Go to Facebook, find the fix and flip groups or the real estate investing groups in your market. Join that group and post to that group and ask, who is the best escrow officer for investors slash wholesaling? And watch everybody respond, respond, respond. See who's in there the most. See who the big dog is. Because guys, listen, the title companies know every big cash buyer in town because they, they all come through the door. They all know them. They know them. They send these and they love these guys. They love sending these guys deals. They would love to put you in touch with them if you have a deal that makes them look better as a company or if it's a closing attorney in your state. It just depends on which state you're in. Use that same technique. Find out who that is. Have that conversation. Say, hey, 
I've got a deal. Who should I bring this to? Do you think that that'll make it go smooth and is really cool to work with and is super ethical? And I'm telling you, the the escrow officers will just blah. And it's proof. It's right here. It's beautiful. I mean, you did that. And now you've got somebody that you could probably sell dozens of properties to. Yep. Right? And I will say, too, yeah, for sure. And I will say, too, if you don't have it, get the Meetup app and find your local, like, Ria groups, whatever. I was I just went to my first one two weeks ago and met, basically, I added body cash wires to my list. And one of them texted me yesterday and said, what do you have? I need a fix and flip right now. I need, I'm looking for a rehab. So, I mean, that's definitely another app. You know, talk to people. Go, go to the Meetup. TTP, yep. Talk to them. Yep. I love it. I love it. Now... You're a 28-year-old man that apparently you're crazy because you just deleted your Instagram account, right? I did. So let's talk about this because I think that this is really, really, really important to talk about um, because uh, I think that if you use social media as a tool, as a resource, it is fantastic. If you're on there purely for entertainment, it will absorb you. It'll absorb all that extra waking hours that you have to be productive out there, to provide value to your marketplace. And I think that this is really an important lesson, an important uh, thing that you've done. So talk to me. Why did you yeah. delete your Instagram? Yeah, so it was uh, on January 1st after New Year, sitting there with my family. And I, I looked around the room and pretty much everybody's on their phone, right? Looking at their phone, me included, I'm on my phone. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, okay, if I really want, if I want this to happen, and then I started thinking about, you know, how much time do I actually spend on Instagram, right? And uh, and so I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to delete it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to delete it. And, you know, for me, it's a lot of, you know, you're looking at other people's successes and you're focusing on what other people are doing when you can take that time to focus on building your own thing. You know, and, and uh, those people didn't get there by looking at Instagram, right? Yeah. Looking at what other people are doing. They got there by putting in the work and buckling down and being laser focused on one thing. And so... Yeah, I mean, I'll probably bring it back at some point, but definitely will, the people that I follow will be a lot different, you know, because yeah. I follow, you know, everybody, every, you know, whoever, friends from back in the day, friends, sure. you know, who's doing this and doing that, who's partying, who's whatever, <laughs> and uh, and so there's no value in that, right? That's not going to help me reach what I need, and so, yeah, and then like Facebook, I did that too, I deleted all my friends except for basically anybody that had anything to do with real estate at this, you know, right now. So. You know, it's really interesting. I heard uh, Gary uh, Vaynerchuk, Gary V, say something really interesting. He goes, you know, most people are on social media because they never really get out of high school. They, their brain never really gets out of high school. They're always worried about what their high school people are doing and how much success they're having or how fat or skinny, how there are many kids, all these other things. And I, it hit me. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so absolutely true. But if you use it as a tool and a resource, you can really connect with a lot of really awesome people. You can get a lot of great content if you're following the right people and use it more for, for the information, instruction, and education than you do for uh, entertainment. Although entertainment mm-hmm. in life is great, yeah. you can really yep. make it a powerful tool. So I, it's a mm-hmm. side note. It's kind of weird that we talk about it on the podcast, but I think it's important <laughs> for everybody. Um, yeah. So anyway, how do people get a hold of you now that you don't have Instagram? They want to reach out. Maybe they're in Modesto. Maybe they're in California. Maybe they just mm-hmm. are former military. And, and, and of course, thank you for your service. Absolutely oh, badass. Yeah. Just incredible. Yeah. Thank you. But uh, maybe they're former or, or getting out of the military. They're getting, they're getting mm-hmm. into uh, regular life. How do they reach out to you? 
Yeah. Uh, my email is bmarshall with two L's, Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S at gmail.com. And Facebook is just Blake Barnes. Um, awesome. Nothing special with Blake Barnes. And he's uh, got room there, guys, because he just cleared out all of Yeah, his, I just uh, cleared out all my friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that is awesome, man. Really, really excellent. I mean, just a phenomenal interview. Thank you so much. I think you gave a lot one, you give a beautiful example of somebody that has a overwhelmingly uh, a time intensive job and you're still doing this. You're still getting, uh, you got your first deal. You're off and running. You're building it up. I mean, that's incredible for everybody out there that that's considering it. Guys, it's all about taking action. And then the, the steps that you took to get there. I mean, it's not rocket science. You went out and found a property that needed some love. You stayed on top of that seller. You came back with more confidence months later. You locked it up. And then you gave a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant tip on getting cash buyers. So thank you so much for being on the podcast, guys. Everybody out there watching and listening, if you're interested in joining Blake in the TTP family, in the TTP program, it is at wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Scroll down, check out what the program's about, check out all the testimonials. If it feels good in your gut, then sign up for a call. I look forward to working with you personally. So that is it, Blake. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on here. And for everybody out there watching and listening, as always, I encourage you to talk to people. Till next time. See ya. Love you. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.